Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the McMaster University Communications Governance Observatory podcast. My name is Samantha Naidu, and today we will be speaking more on the topic of net neutrality. To further speak on this issue, we have invited an expert on the topic, Dr. Dwayne Winsek, a prominent researcher and professor at the School of Journalism and Communication at Carleton University. So, Dr. Winsek, for our very first question, I wanted to get your insight into what exactly is net neutrality and where does it come from? So, essentially, what is its historical backdrop? Okay. Well, network, network neutrality is a rather simple principle that applies to telecommunications providers, including internet access providers and mobile wireless providers. And it basically says that they shall carry all messages under uh, non-discriminatory terms from one uh, end of the network to the other. And basically that they are going to be common carriers rather than publishers or gatekeepers that would stand midstream in the flow of people's correspondence or the flow of information. So the idea is to really kind of put power uh, in over communication, speech rights, so to speak, at the ends of the network and into the hands of users as much as possible. And those users can be anything from you and I all the way up to the giant platforms. But the idea basically is to create a, uh, a neutral uh, connection between ends and the network. So dumb pipes, smart ends, and speech rights at the ends of the network rather than resting with your internet access provider. Okay, and I guess to focus it in a little more, what exactly has been the progression of net neutrality in Canada? Okay, well, I think it's also helpful for us to step back for a second and get some historical backdrop on where network neutrality comes from. You know, network neutrality is really a, a new label slapped on a very old concept. And that old concept, I like to remind people, is common carriage. And common carriage comes to us in Canada from over a 120 year history, almost 130 year history that stretches back to 1891 uh, here in Canada and a series of decisions uh, made by regulators and the courts all the way from that period uh, that have basically said that those who control the communications channel or the network shall not unduly influence uh, the messages or content being carried over those networks. So I think it's essential for us to remember that really long history and to see that it's been well sedimented within the Canadian uh, regulatory and legal context and institutionalized, so to speak. And I mean, the more recent history going back to 1968, for example, when Bell Canada's charter was revised by Parliament to say that Bell Canada would not be allowed to hold a broadcasting license. And the idea here basically was that a telecommunications company ought not to be a broadcaster at the same time because that would give them undue uh, ability to use their control over uh, carriage to influence the broadcasting messages to basically television and radio at the time uh, that Canadians received. That principle that was established uh, or updated, so to speak, in 1968 in light of uh, the imminent processes of convergence was then generalized in 1993 with the Telecommunications Act. And so that's where we're at um, kind of in contemporary legal 
uh, terms is we've got some key sections in the Telecommunication Act that really give firm pivots to this idea of common carriage, which is the older label, the older concept that people now uh, refer to most often as net neutrality. So net neutrality is really common carriage for the internet age. I'm really glad you brought up the Telecommunications Act because many believe while net neutrality rules are governed by the CRTC regulatory body, they should be put into legislation. However, based on what you just mentioned, it seems as if they already are in legislation and I was wondering if you could maybe speak a little more on that. I actually believe that they're already in the Telecommunications Act and I think uh, other uh, knowledgeable people in this area uh, think similarly. And we can look at two sections in particular of the Telecommunications Act that I call the crown jewels of common carriage, Section 27 and Section 36. Section 27 basically says that carriers shall not give any undue preference to those uh, sending messages over their networks or attaching equipment to their networks. Basically, this is the undue preference, the non-discrimination clause that says that the carrier shall not discriminate between messages, users, or other equipment providers that are attaching their equipment to the network. So there's a non-discrimination measure that's central to network neutrality, or as I keep saying, common carriage. Then we look at section 36, and that one says that Carriers shall not exert influence or control over the messages and content flowing through their networks. So if we take these two principles in sections 27 and 36, those are the real uh, crown jewels, as I said, locking down common carriage or network neutrality. And when we look at the CRTC, what we find is that it reaches for those sections to uh, underpin a series of recent decisions that have basically fleshed out network neutrality or common carriage in a contemporary context. Oh, wow. So it seems as if we've taken a lot of steps to protect net neutrality in Canada. So I guess my next question is, how will the... U.S. repeal of net neutrality affect Canada's own net neutrality, if it even will? I don't think it's going to have a huge effect. Um, you know, as I've said, we have this thing locked down uh, uh-huh. in the Telecommunications Act from 1993. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Uh, And we have these series of recent decisions when it's been fleshed out and brought up to speed for contemporary times. And the regulator and parliamentarians have basically held the course. This is really unlike the U.S., where this has been uh, a highly politicized ping pong match for over two decades uh, now. And basically, each time you get a change of administration, uh, the winds shift and the opposing view of net neutrality or common carriage um, gets put into place. So I guess playing off of that, do you also think net neutrality laws will play a large role in the upcoming Canadian election? Well, I am doubtful that it'll be a, um, you know, a spotlight issue because I think just as we talk about this ourselves, and I'm thinking about this all the time, I mean, how does one make 
common carriage or net neutrality a sexy topic you know one that just you know draws people's attention and makes them want to you know really get mobilized i mean it's hard enough to keep people's eyes from scaling over uh when you talk about these issues so you know i think it'll be something of an issue um and i think it should be a really important one but i don't expect it to be a high profile one Okay. As a final question, I was wondering if you have any ideas of the direction you think the government should go or keep going in regards to net neutrality or any education you think the public should have in regards to net neutrality as well. Sure. Um, I think what the government needs to do, um, because it is right now reviewing the telecommunications and broadcasting and copyright acts and so this is a great opportunity for us to build legislation for the 21st century and i think we should continue to have separate acts one for uh common carriers basically the communications providers and for content and in the communications side or a communications act much like we have in the telecommunications act we should bring forward sections 27 and section 36 because as i said those are the crown jewels of net neutrality common carriage and we should carry those forward i think we should also pick up one of the the additional side of common carriage which is the privacy uh dimension of common carriage common carriage said two things one thou shall not discriminate control or influence the messages flowing through a network and second that the correspondence of people using the network uh, is uh, inviolate and subject to very stringent privacy and that privacy shall only be uh, undone with a court order I think we've strayed pretty far from that and now we have the carriers because they're vertically integrated in Canada, meaning that all of the major television companies, services in Canada are owned by telephone companies. We find that our telephone companies and internet access providers uh, like Bell, Rogers, uh, Shaw and Videotron who own the major networks like CTV, Global and so on, they are now um, gathering up data from all of their subscribers devices so from you know every device we use to communicate with one another to watch television the apps we use uh, the television programs we watch um, all of that data is being gathered up collected and then used as part of targeted advertising programs I think these this uh, particular dimension needs to get much more attention. And if we can flesh out and nail down some really good privacy rules uh, for common carriage, I think we can then apply those privacy standards across carriers and content providers and the big platforms like the Facebooks and the Googles of the world. So I think we can standardize the privacy dimensions and apply them across the different layers of the internet-centric communications media environment. Thank you, Dr. Winsack, for participating in this interview. It was extremely educational. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's Communications Governance Observatory podcast. If you want to hear more episodes or keep up with news, you can find us at cgo.mcmaster.ca. See you next time.